98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Beijing says it will stop recognising B&O passports from Sunday. The government moves to ban the anonymous use of mobile phones, proposing a mandatory registration system, and new figures suggest Hong Kong's economy plunged 6.1% in 2020, its worst performance ever. Beijing says it will stop recognising British National Overseas or BNO passports starting from Sunday, the same day Britain will start accepting visa applications from Hong Kongers looking to settle in the UK. Vicky Wong reports. Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijian told a press briefing in Beijing that China will no longer recognise the BNO passport as a travel document or for identification purposes from Sunday. He said Britain's offer to allow almost 3 million Hong Kong people with BNO status to apply to live and work in the UK for up to five years and eventually seek citizenship went well beyond the scope of the Sino-British Joint Declaration, therefore nullifying it. BNO passport holders previously had only limited rights to visit the UK for up to six months and no right to work or settle. The UK is trying to turn large numbers of Hong Kong residents into second-class UK citizens, Mr Zhao said, adding that it has completely changed the nature of the BNO. He added that Beijing reserves the right to take further action, suggesting further restrictions for BNO holders down the line. But for now, it's unclear exactly what the practical implications are, as Hong Kongers use home return permits to enter the mainland, not BNO passports. And they can use their Hong Kong identity card to leave the city for foreign destinations. Hong Kong says it will follow Beijing's lead in not recognising BNO passports from Sunday. It says the document can no longer be used as an identification document and travellers cannot present BNO passports to enter or leave the city. The government is looking to end the anonymous use of mobile phones here by requiring people to register their personal information for all existing and new SIM cards. Authorities have launched a 30-day public consultation on the proposal. They say the change is necessary to help tackle a range of serious crimes, from phone scams to bombings. Damon Pang reports. During the 2019 protests, it was common for protesters to use prepaid cards to stay anonymous while communicating with each other. Now, the government wants to put a stop to that, saying the anonymous nature of pay-as-you-go cards undermines people's confidence in the integrity of telecommunications services and creates obstacles for law enforcement. As such, the government is now proposing to require everyone buying any type of SIM card to register their name, Hong Kong ID card or passport number, and the date of birth. Commerce Secretary Edward Yao says the new system would not allow phone companies to track people's phone conversations. If the plan is adopted, people would be allowed to register up to three cards with each phone company, and after a year or so, all the cards would be deactivated if they too were not registered. Under Secretary for Security Sonny Ao said police would have to get a court warrant if they wanted to obtain the registered information from telecom companies, except in urgent and emergency situations involving a serious offence. The Honorary President of Hong Kong Information Technology Federation, Francis Fong, says the one-month consultation period is far too short for such an important proposal. The uh, impact of this system actually will affect a lot of, uh, not just the uh, mobile operator, but also it will affect um, the um, reseller in Samsung Pole or in the shopping mall. Also, it will affect a lot of citizens who actually they have a lot of SIM cards. The normal telecom regulations consultation period is like three to six months or sometimes even like a year. So uh, a month of consultation period is actually too short.
for something so important. New data shows Hong Kong's economy contracted a record 6.1% last year amid the coronavirus pandemic. Fourth quarter GDP declined 3% in the fourth quarter year-on-year, but on a quarter basis it actually rose slightly by one-fifth of a percent. The government says it expects the economy to return to growth this year, though the first half will remain challenging. ING's chief economist for Greater China, Iris Pang, agrees it will be hard for the economy to get going again until COVID is under control. The unexpected rebound in Q4, is, I, I believe, is because of the fatigue of um, uh, stay at home for some consumers. But this may not last into Q1 this year because of the lockdowns and also more tightening measures by the government. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. Authorities reported 50 new coronavirus cases today, all but two of which were locally acquired. 16 of the local cases were untraceable. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Chuang Shukwan said everyone living on the 18th floor in a residential block in Luck Yung Sun Chun in Chun Wan has been put under quarantine after residents from four units came down with the virus. We suspect there may be some earlier transmission uh, when the cases were staying there through, for example, the lift lobby and the common corridor and also maybe the rubbish um, uh, store. Hong Kong's second ambush-style coronavirus lockdown at a North Point building last night has found no new infections among the 475 people tested. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the lockdown helped prevent the virus from spreading, though an expert isn't so sure, as Violet Wong reports. One resident said he's in favour of the lockdown. This is good for us. But a woman says she didn't like the arrangement. They already set the testing point over there, but last night they need to do again. So, yeah, wasting time, wasting people, wasting manpower, yeah. Chief Executive Carrie Lam dismissed criticism that the lockdown was a waste of resources. Writing on her Facebook page, she said it's needed after 13 residents of the 56-year-old building came down with the virus. But a specialist in respiratory medicine, Dr. Leung Chi Chiu, said the government was too slow to lock down Tongfa building, rendering the move useless in stopping the outbreak from spreading. He said the fact that no one answered the door at 190 of the 660 households there shows many people probably moved out when coronavirus cases first emerged there. The coroner's court has ruled that a primary school teacher who fell from height at her Tinsoy Wai school in March 2019 committed suicide and that a meeting with the then principal the day before pushed her over the edge. Francis Sitt reports. The coroner said the tragedy involving 48-year-old Lam Lai Tong could have been avoided. During the nine-day inquest, teachers at Liu Tong Hai Li Primary School had testified that former principal Luo Yun Yi was efficient but had problems communicating with her staff and did not show them respect. The court heard that the principal often called Lam into her office and scolded her. Lam's death was triggered by an event in which she failed to issue a notice to parents about an exchange trip to Macau. Law had reportedly accused the teacher of taking students on the trip without her consent and told Lam she had better resign on her own. After submitting a report about what happened, Lam was again called into the principal's office on March the 5th, after which she broke out into tears. The teacher jumped to her death at the school the following morning. 
Coroner Monica Chow said the tragedy would not have happened if the former principal only targeted the incident rather than the person. Speaking to reporters after the ruling, Lam's sister accused Law of trying to stroke responsibility, while Law said the court's remarks were some distance from the truth. In response, the Professional Teachers Union said it would press education authorities to take measures to prevent workplace bullying in accordance with the coroner's suggestions. Experts from the WHO have visited a hospital in Wuhan, the mainland city where the coronavirus was first recorded more than a year ago. This report from the BBC's Stephen MacDonald. A crowd of journalists has gathered outside the Xinhua Hospital in central Wuhan. Earlier, the World Health Organization investigation team entered the facility. Then barriers came up to prevent others from following them inside. Dr Zhang Jishan is based here. The respiratory diseases and intensive care specialist is said to have been the first to officially report a case of coronavirus on the 27th of December 2019. According to the WHO, over the coming weeks, its scientists will also visit the Huanan seafood market, from where the initial infection clusters appeared and also the Wuhan Institute of Virology. However, team members have downplayed the possibility that the coronavirus can be traced back to a lab leak. The American makers of the Novavax COVID vaccine have reported promising findings from a large-scale trial in Britain, raising hopes the jab could be rolled out in a matter of months, boosting global supplies. A study involving 15,000 people indicated the Novavax product was strong enough to protect against a highly transmissible British variant of the virus. The vaccine showed less efficacy in a smaller trial in South Africa, where a different, highly transmissible strain has emerged. The chief executive officer of Novavax is Stanley Eric. I think it's critical for the UK that we are so effective against the UK variant. And the other thing our vaccine brings is, we think, a a longer-acting protection and, and the fact that it's storable and deliverable at uh, refrigerated temperatures instead of uh, all the frozen things that you have to work with. The mainland has announced the execution of a former senior banking official just weeks after he was found guilty of accepting more than 260 million US dollars in bribes. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. The death sentences of former top Communist Party officials are often commuted to life in prison. But crucially, Lai Xiaomin is thought to have accepted millions in bribes and embezzled state funds after China's powerful president, Xi Jinping, kicked off a strict anti-corruption campaign. His swift execution could be seen as a signal that the campaign is still one of Mr. Xi's priorities. Lai Xiaomin was once the chairman of Huarong, one of China's largest state asset management firms, and had been tasked with cleaning up commercial banks' bad debts. Instead, the court said he engaged in risky trading on a grand scale, placing China's financial stability in danger. New home construction activity in Hong Kong plunged 90% over the last three months of 2020, compared with the year before, suggesting growing pessimism over the economy. New government data shows that over the entire year, there were 11,800 home starts, down 36% from 2019. However, the government says it's maintaining its forecast that 92,000 new flats will be built here over the next three to four years. Official data shows the United States' economy shrank by 3.5% last year as the pandemic shut down large sectors of business and public life. It was the worst year for the U.S. economy since 1946. 
Economic activity plummeted in the second quarter as millions were told to stay at home, then recovered rapidly in the third quarter. Exports and personal consumption fell sharply in 2020, but that was offset somewhat by stimulus efforts and a strong housing sector. To sports and in baseball, star Japanese pitcher Masahiro Tanaka is returning home. The 32-year-old right-hander is rejoining his old team, the Rakuten Eagles, after seven seasons with the New York Yankees. He had a record of 78 wins and 46 losses, with an earned run average of 374 with the Yankees and was a two-time All-Star. The Eagles posted on Twitter, Welcome home our hero. To football now, and with a look ahead to the matches that matter in the English Premier League, here's the BBC's John Bennett. After suffering a shock defeat midweek, Manchester United need to bounce back quickly this weekend against one of their old rivals, Arsenal. In a fascinating title race, United are second, just one point behind Manchester City, who have a game in hand. Arsenal are out of it, way down in ninth, but after some awful results at the end of 2020, they're now back in great form, winning five of their last six games in the Premier League. They also beat United 1-0 at Old Trafford earlier this season. Leaders Manchester City are on a run of 11 wins in a row in all competitions, going into the home game against bottom-of-the-table Sheffield United, the team that beat Manchester United on Wednesday. Meanwhile, third-place Leicester City is still very much in the title race, going into their home game against Leeds United. And champions Liverpool are back to winning ways ahead of a game against one of the Premier League's form teams. After a run of five league games without a win, four of those without a goal, Liverpool beat Tottenham on Thursday. But their opponents this weekend, West Ham, have won their first six competitive games in a single calendar year for the first time in their history. So it should be a fascinating game. And finally, the American actress Cicely Tyson has died at the age of 96. Cicely Tyson became one of Hollywood's best-known black performers. The BBC's Vincent Dowd looks back at her life. In 1972, it was the film Sounder, set in Depression-era Louisiana, which made Tyson a star. She took a Golden Globe as Best Actress and an Oscar nomination. Good morning, Rebecca. I come see Nathan. Ain't no visiting except Sunday and holidays. You mean tell me I can't see my own husband? Two years later, she took an Emmy for the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman on TV, a chronicle of an American life from slavery to civil rights. She played Coretta Scott King in a miniseries. She felt she had a part to play addressing discrimination. I realise there are a number of issues I had to address. I was not one to wave a placard or march up and down the street and yell and scream. And I chose my career as my platform. The words of Cicely Tyson, who throughout her career refused to play drug addicts, prostitutes or maids, roles she considered demeaning to black women. A reminder of our top story tonight, Beijing says it will stop recognising B&O passports from Sunday. And that's the news from RTHK.
Getting us started for the second hour of the late show for this Friday evening, Saturday morning. That was Night Ranger. 